Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we're going to be talking about advanced turkey hunting strategies. We're going to cover about five or so strategies that, that take you to the next level. Now keep in mind, these are all from the perspective of a beginner. If you've been turkey hunting for 40 years, uh, there's probably not going to be anything here you would consider advanced, but you're at another level. Although you might pick up a thing or two that would be helpful. But these are for the new hunter, someone who's never done this before, only done it a few times or a couple seasons. We've got some advanced techniques. I'm going to move through these pretty quick. So if you hear one that you already know, just hang on for a minute and we'll get to the next one. So first thing I want to cover is roosting birds. Um, now, I've never recommended that people who are brand new, first time in the woods, worry about it because it takes some time, it takes some thought, it takes some strategy. But if you're in an area where you can do some scouting, where you can see birds, there's some visibility, you're able to see where they live, what they do, and more importantly, where they sleep, you've got a, a scenario there that can be an advantage to you. So the basic idea is keep tabs on the flock particularly on the toms that you want to hunt and see where they go to bed. They're going to fly up into the tree somewhere and keep an eye on them. And when they fly up to go to bed, you know exactly where they are. They're not going to move before the sun comes up, you know, 19 times out of 20. That's where they're going to be. So you basically put the bird to bed. It flies up. You wait till it gets dark. You go home. You get some sleep. You get back and bright and early, well, actually dark and early, way before that bird even wakes up and you try to find yourself a spot where you think that bird's going to fly down and start moving towards you don't want to be too close because you can spook him 
Uh, also, if you're too close, he could fly right past you and keep going the other way. So you want to think about the terrain, think about where the most likely fly down location is. If you really know what you're doing and you're able to put some time in the woods and you've really done some scouting, then maybe you've seen in general where he flies down to in the morning if he roosts in the same place night after night. And then you want to get yourself maybe 100, 150 yards further away than the fly down spot. No closer than that. Further away than the fly down spot. And then what you're going to want to do is when that bird wakes up and he lets out a gobble and you know exactly he's still there, um, other hens are going to start to call. And maybe before he even gobbles in the morning. So you want to be, number one, in the ideal place for him to fly down and walk to you. And then you want to do some soft calling, some, some tree yelps, some real soft, tame yelps, and then... Or you want to wait until he flies down or it starts to get light and then you coax him down with some ground yelps. The idea being that you're on the ground, you've let him know, hey, I'm over here. And hopefully because you're in the ideal spot, he's going to fly down and walk right to you when he's ready. But you don't want to overcall too early. You could give yourself away. You could be suspicious. You want to wait until he's good and ready to come down, or you want to let out some, some real soft calling. And right about ideal fly down time, or right after he flies down, you want to do some calling. And um, the odds of him coming to you are probably better than they are if you have no idea where he is, and you're just positioning yourself random in the woods. Keep in mind, it's by no means a sure thing. Because there's going to be other hens about. There's going to be food in other places. He might just be feeling ornery. There's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to come to you. Even if you're in the perfect spot and you do the perfect call. But your chance of success is increased. The reason why this is an advanced strategy is one, you got to be really quiet. You have to be um, completely stealthy so you don't spook that bird coming in. you got to be careful about not overcalling too early. And you got to put in a lot of time to know where that bird went to sleep, what his habits are, so forth and so on. But this is a tactic that you can use to bust toms, especially ones that are, are hard to hunt, that don't gobble a lot. If you can find where they are and find where they sleep. Number two, moving and calling. Now, running and gunning is one thing. You're covering a lot of ground. You're stopping. You're calling here and there. You're seeing if there's any birds that will answer you. And then you basically start your hunt at that point. This is different. You've got a bird talking to you. You can hear him gobbling. Maybe he's coming to you. Maybe he's not. And you need to, to change it up a little bit to try to get him to come the rest of the way in. For whatever reason, maybe he thinks you're too close. Maybe he's expecting you to come to him, which of course you can't do as a hunter. But hens, in most cases, would come to the gobbler. So you may need to play a little hard to get. Um, this can be a couple of different things. One would be you call, you wait a little while, and then you move backwards. You put more distance between you and the gobbler. And then you call again, and he hears you further this time, and he thinks, oh man, if I don't move, then this opportunity might be gone. And you, you, you do that, that hard-to-get sort of approach. Uh, it doesn't always work, but if he's hung up, if he's stuck, if nothing else is working, this is one technique that might break him loose. 
Another is a little lateral movement, side to side. You're not moving away. You're certainly not getting closer, but you're going left or right relative to where he is to you. So you go a little bit. Maybe you, you sit for a couple minutes. You call a little bit. He sees you moving. And, and that movement may make him think, oh, it's safe to go that way. Or maybe there's other turkeys over there. Or just the fact that you're moving and he needs to come to you. Keep in mind the natural order of things is he gobbles and the hens come to him. So you're trying to reverse that natural order and try to get him to chase the hen. So a little bit of movement here and there might be something you need to do. You got to be careful though not to get or not to move closer or not to put yourself in a position where he can see you. Is if you're moving and calling and you you don't you get too close or you go over a hill or you become partially visible to him, it's game over. As soon as he sees it's a hunter and not a hen, that bird may not gobble for days. Um, you may never even know that he saw you. He may just just evaporate and disappear into the shadows. So you got to be careful about movement. Movement is not a first resort. It's, it's a backup plan or a last resort. And only like on the last two days of the season do you ever think about moving towards him to get closer, to get down into his business if he's not coming to you. Because if you spook him, it's not just that day's busted. It could be a week or two's busted. So you got to be real careful with getting aggressive like that. You don't want to get too close to a bird um, and then they can hear you walk. And then here's the thing. Your walking is not as big of a deal. It's the sitting and the fumbling and the getting your calls out and leaning your rifle against stuff and all the extra noises. And of course, being seen is what you really need to worry about. So uh, moving, putting some more distance between you and a turkey can be something that works. Some lateral movement can be something that, that just changes up the game or even trying a different call. Number three, decoys. Uh, I consider decoys to be an advanced hunting turkey hunting strategy. I do not recommend beginners go out with a decoy. I think there's a number there's a number of reasons. One, decoys are complicated. Extra stuff you got to carry. How do you set them up? Well, ideally, you want the decoy to not be directly between you and the turkey you're calling. You want it to be off to the side. You want the head of the decoy to be pointed towards you so that another hunter seeing that decoy um, could not it, it, it would not be on the opposite side of you where they might shoot through the decoy into you for safety. Um, but then I think decoys, just as often as they, they help, they end up hurting. Because the turkey now sees the hen. He's like, well, why aren't you coming to me? Or he sees the, the Jake with the hen or the big Tom decoy with the hen decoy. And he doesn't feel like fighting. He doesn't want to get into it. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's worn out. Maybe he's got other hens elsewhere that's just not worth the extra effort. I think in, in general, decoys help just as much as they hurt. But in an advanced situation, if you know what you're doing, you can, you can bend those odds so that it helps you more than it hurts you. But for beginners, that's really not the case. I don't think it's worth it for beginners to even buy a decoy. I think, honestly, your odds are just as good or better as being in the woods without a decoy. But there are situations where it can be helpful. If you've been working a bird for a couple days and, and you can't get any more ground, you can't get them to come in, decoys can be a way you change it up. You could do a hen or two hens or a hen and a jake 
or depending on how big of a gobbler it is, you know, maybe you want to use a tom with a couple hens or you want to use a sitting hen that's ready for mating. Um, you know, there's different situations and scenarios there. Also, if you're hunting a field from a blind, you may, it may be helpful to put some decoys outside of that blind to, to get the turkey to come over to you. Because uh, in general, a, a bird's not going to cross a field and then come into the woods to somebody sitting against a tree. But if you have a blind on the edge of the woods, if he sees turkeys there, especially if they're good decoys, which is the other thing, don't buy cheap junky decoys. Um, they just, if they don't look real to you, they're not going to look real to a turkey who knows a lot more about what turkeys look like than you do, right? So if you can get a decoy, get some good decoys. Again, I don't recommend beginners even get decoys. But if you're to the point where you're in a scenario or you've, you're ready to, to, to add that to your toolbox, then you want to get some good decoys that look really realistic, have a lot of realism. Um, you want to have a variety of decoys that you can use for different situations. And specifically, if you're hunting from a blind at the edge of a field or some scenario like that, a decoy can be helpful. I'm going to say, though, four out of five times, decoy is as much of a liability as a help especially if you don't really know what you're doing you're fumbling around you got extra noise taking decoys out of bags setting decoys up um, walking back from where you put the decoy then if something happens and you hear the bird on the other side and you got to get up and move well that decoy is still there well they could still see that you might forget to come back and get it. i mean there's a whole scenario of things so you don't want to use a decoy unless you really feel like you're in a situation where you need a decoy to change it up or you're in a, a hunting blind or a situation there where you need to, to add something to that. In terms of regular, you know, person in the woods hunting though, you know, decoy is not something you need for the day-to-day -day approach. Number four, out calling hens. Um, you know, if a gobbler is, especially early in the morning, is coming down off the roost, there's other hens around, they're calling for him. Maybe he starts going to them. Maybe he's in the tree still trying to figure out which way do I go. You may need to try to compete with the other hens. And, you know, your, your regular calling might not be enough because you're just going to blend in and sound like the rest of them. So in a situation where... The bird's still in a tree or he's just come down out of the tree and there's hens everywhere, all over the place. And he's either started to go in another direction or you're pretty sure that your direction's not the one he's inclined to go to. You may need to, to just go all out. Now, when I say that, I mean every call that you have, you may need to put into service as rapidly as possible. I mean, if you got a slate call, you want to hammer on that. Pick up the box call. Grab the push-pull call. If you got a mouth call, run two calls at once. Um, you just literally want to sound like an entire flock of turkeys so that that gobbler looks, thinks in that direction and goes, hey, if there's all those birds over there, that's, that's where my best prospects are finding a mate. You may also at the same time draw hens in your direction because they're saying, hey, who's that over there? And they're going to come check you out and bring the gobbler with him. So this is sort of an advanced strategy in the right situation. If you've got a lot of hem competition, especially if you've been at this a couple of days with a particular gobbler and not been able to, to, to win the, the battle of attention, 
you may need to go all out. Um, it's easy to make mistakes. It's possible you could spook them. It's possible hens or even other birds that you don't hear and didn't know about could come into where you are and then they spook and then spook everyone else. You know, this is not a, a strategy that you usually lead with because there's risks involved unless you really know what you're doing. And um, here's the thing too, how many places do you have to hunt? If you've only got one property to hunt for the season, you really need to play it safe because one spook, you could push those turkeys off that property for the rest of the season. But if you've got, you know, if, if you've got a whole list of places you can hunt and you can afford to make a couple mistakes or to take some risks, you say, hey, if I spook a whole flock of turkeys today, I'll just go somewhere else tomorrow. Well, then you can, you can afford a few more risks or if it's at the end of the season, or if you just feel like a risk taker and you're like, I, I don't even care. I'm out of here to have fun. Let's see what happens. You know what? I respect that position. I've been that guy. I've had fun being that guy. I make no apologies. But if you totally mess it up, you know, you probably can't come out and try to hunt those birds again within the next couple days. So just keep that in mind. But trying to outcall the other hens is a legitimate strategy. And then you've got ambush hunting. There's multiple ways that this can happen. Some people think that this is unsporting. Um, I completely disagree with that position. I think it's harder to ambush hunt a turkey, especially in the springtime. Uh, and if you can ambush hunt them, I think, to be honest, you, you've earned it more than any other way. But there's two main ways to do this. Number one, Birds not calling, they're not coming to you, you know, none of that's working out. You pattern the bird or, or the birds, you figure out where they're going, where they're coming from, and then you set up along a travel route. You know, if that bird flies down from a tree and walks down a, um, you know, a logging road or a gas line road every day at the same time or about the same time or most days, you can set up along that path and make sure that that trail was within, you know, ideal range. And if you can ambush on a turkey, you know, it sounds easier than it is. I'm going to be honest with you because they're more unpredictable. They might have done the same thing 10 days in a row, but the day you set up to ambush them, they're going to, they're going to do something else. But that's one way to do it. Try to pattern them, try to find out where they go, and then set up to ambush. I will be honest, though, there are days where had I hunted like that, I would have had more success because, um, you know, the, the paths where the birds were walking on that particular po property were limited. There were a lot of tracks on the road. And had I set up along a road and just been patient, I would have had more success. But here's the, here's the other side of it. You're sitting on the ground. You're sitting against a tree. How long can you do that for? Um, I've been in situations where literally I've sat for two, three hours in the morning, four hours, and I'm like, I gotta get up and stretch. Gotta just, you know, look over that ridge over there, get up, walk down, look over the ridge, look back, boom, there's a turkey that just walked down the trail, poked its head out close to where I was sitting. I'd have had a shot at it had I not moved. But how long can you sit there? You know, I can't sit on the ground in the same position against a tree, even with a cushion for six hours. It's just, it's just, it's, it's not the way I want to hunt and it's not enjoyable. And I, physically, I don't think I can even do it if I wanted to. So you got to think about that. 
You know, how long are you going to sit there and wait if nothing happens? How, I mean, physically, how long can you sit there and wait? It's kind of like deer hunting, but in a lot of ways, it's easier to hunt deer because you can shoot them from a lot further away. Turkey's got to get a lot closer. So just think about that. The other way to ambush hunt is um, for you to create some movement or um, one way to do it is, all right, you could call a turkey. And usually you only want to call when you're in a position where you've got the right cover or a good tree to get against or nice camouflage situation. And, uh, you know, you can sit there and then take that bird when it comes in. But there's times where um, there's nothing around. You're, you're in, you know, knee-high shrubs or grass or just nothing. You call from that spot, which is literally, I mean, I would, you know, it's undefendable. It's, it's uncamouflaged. Well, you can't hunt from there. You call there and then you move along a travel corridor and you try to ambush a bird walking to the place that you called. Sounds easy. Doesn't work half as easy as it, as it sounds like it should work, but it can work and it has worked. It's something that you could keep in your toolbox because uh, sometimes... You know, you, you, you got to really think about your surroundings. You got to really think about what's around you. You know, if you're in a, you could be in a position where, where you feel confident. If I call from here, that bird's going to come here. But what am I going to do when he does? Because there's nowhere for me to set up. So you can play the terrain. You can call, move, wait till that bird walks right by you to the place that you did call and ambush him. Or... Uh, something else that you can do is if you can call and then back up a little bit, find a good place to set up. That bird, if, you, if your call position is within shotgun range, then you can do it that way also. So those are five advanced strategies for turkey hunting. Um, you know, it, it, these are things that I think you want to keep in your toolbox. The, you know, you're usually not going to lead with one of these strategies as the first thing you're going to do. But these are things that you want to keep in your back pocket, that you want to think about, that you pull out at the right time. Um, I, when I first started turkey hunting, I felt like I had no options. I just, I'd sit and call and hope and had no idea what else to do. So it's good to have some techniques and some strategies that you can pull from. It's good to have some extra tools, some extra things that, that when the time is right or when things not going right, you can bust it out. So I hope that's helpful for you guys. Go to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Look at the show notes. We've got more information, tips, information, other shows, things you guys can download. Leave us a review. Send us a comment. Love to hear from you. Love to hear questions from you. Maybe answer them in a future podcast. Uh, Till next time, God bless you guys, and go get them in the woods.